We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Blog Talk Radio. Good evening and welcome to the Hoosier Huddle Podcast. I'm Sammy Jacobs. Along with me is David Sugarman, uh, live from Bloomington. Today we are breaking down the IU-Wisconsin matchup uh, that kicks off at noon on Saturday on ABC. We'll also touch upon uh, the IU's loss at Maryland last week, a disappointing loss. But, uh, you know, a lot of things are still on the table for IU. So uh, welcome in, David Sugarman. I believe this is your first appearance on the, on the in-season podcast. How are you doing today? I think that's right. I didn't even think about that before you said that. What an honor. I think I was on one or two there uh, when we were doing our position previews. But, uh, no, it's good to get on, and I'm doing well. I'm, uh, I'm excited for, uh, for hopefully, while it, it is certainly a difficult game, uh, for maybe IU to get a, a much-needed bounce back. Yeah, it's definitely a much-needed bounce back after a disappointing loss to Maryland. The final score there was 42-39. Indiana rushed out to a big 14-0 lead. Just, you know, once Peyton Ramsey, they they blocked the kick. Peyton Ramsey then threw a pick, or he threw the pick, then they blocked the kick. It was a whole mishmash of things. Uh, But that that interception uh, that set up a Maryland score about at the 15-yard line, just really set up the day for just didn't feel right after that. Uh, You know, Indiana couldn't make plays on special teams. Uh, They didn't get the big defensive stops in the red zone that they needed. They let up way too many long runs to Ty Johnson, Lorenzo Harrison. Somehow nobody could tackle him behind the line of scrimmage. Um, And those are two guys we've previewed in the, in the, at the beginning of the season as, as two of the better running backs in the big 10, but that's still not an excuse for, for Indiana's defense to let up the way it did uh, last week, getting an early turn. It was just a disappointing loss. And it was, you know, losing sucks, but it's great to see Tom Allen frustrated and disappointed in his team instead of saying, you know, we were close. Uh, it's another close game that we just couldn't get over the hump and all that coach speaks. So it was great to see that he was disappointed. And I, I believe, it, David, if you've watched, his YouTube previewing this, there might be some uh, things changing on, on special teams this week. Of course, Jason Harris, I, I really feel for the kid, his third ACL tear um, yeah. in as many years. He's out for the season. So Luke Timian is going to be taking over punt return duties. But it seems like in protection, maybe in uh, on the kick return, there's going to be uh, some changes to, to shore up the effort there uh, against Wisconsin. Um, you know, that's uh, the special teams unit has sparked them this year in certain games. Virginia, it sparked a comeback against Mar- uh, Michigan. They're going to need 
a great special teams performance against Wisconsin. Just some final thoughts from last week, David, before we head into our Wisconsin preview. Yeah, it felt, Sammy, a little bit more like a Kevin Wilson-led team in the sense that, I mean, granted, Maryland's defense is really bad. I mean, they were the worst coming into the Big Ten, and they were as bad as advertised. Um, but Indiana's offense came alive, but uh, the defense got really torn up on the ground, and the special teams were sloppy. I mean, that block extra point late doesn't quite matter as much because the Indiana never, you know, got on the other side of the 50 on that last drive. But instead of a field goal winning the game, it would have been only a field goal tying the game. And it was just sloppy. And I think a lot of Indiana fans were looking at it as, you know, nothing is guaranteed in the Big Ten, especially on the road. But after playing Ohio State, Michigan State, Michigan, and uh, and Penn State, it was the first Big Ten game. Um, that Indiana was favored in, and it, it felt like um, it felt like a game they really needed to win. Um, they still got three winnable games down the stretch, but they really put themselves behind the eight ball uh, the last four games of the season. Um, I, I agree with you. I think um, I don't I don't know if I put quite as much stock in the fact that yes, Tom Allen is frustrated. I mean, good. He should be he should be frustrated. You know, with the way things have gone. Um, but I agree it's better than him saying, you know, more victories are good and, hey, we'll get him next time. No, he's pissed off and rightfully so. Um, but, no, I don't um, – just to re, you know, reiterate, echo some of the same thoughts that you did. Um, they dropped a game they likely should have won, even with the uh, Richard Lego having to come in, who played very well. Um, and now, like I said, they're 3-5 and five with a ton of injuries. They've lost four in a row. They've really put themselves in a, in a difficult situation as they try to get back to a third-state bowl game, Sammy. Yeah, and, you know, that's something we're going to talk about going into Wisconsin because there's injuries on both sides uh, of the – both sides uh, – both teams this week. Wisconsin mm-hmm. dealing with their injuries. Indiana, uh, Tom Allen hasn't named the starter. We're probably not going to find out who's going to start a quarterback uh, until Saturday when they run out somebody. But if Peyton Ramsey cannot move in the pocket, they have to start Richard Lego. Peyton Ramsey, the big plus on having him is his ability to run the ball. And I, I, last week he was sacked five times. Uh, he his, they were going at his knees. He got, you know, all the credit in the world to the kid for being tough and coming back out there. But it, at some point, it's going to affect him, and they're not going to be able to uh, run him. And that might be this week. If he can't, you know, run the ball effectively, you got to give it to Lego, the fifth-year senior. He has one of the strongest arms in the Big Ten. He played very well last week. The, the offense, he threw two touchdowns was 12 of 21 passing for uh, over 120 yards. Uh, so we'll, we'll see uh, how they do. So the dog got an opinion there? You know, yeah, we, we got some people in the yard. So. Um, anyway, uh, that's Oh, go ahead. Yeah, it, it's you know you got to give this chan- team a chance to win. I think the best chance to win is with Richard Lego at quarterback. Uh, you know, Wisconsin stout against the run; they're a little bit more deficient against the pass. So, uh, you know, I, I we've been calling for it for a couple weeks. I thought maybe they they would have done it against Michigan State, but having uh, Richard Lego play 
uh, really should give them the best chance to win on Saturday and going forward. You know, frankly, Ramsey hadn't been really effective on the ground. And probably going back to the Charleston Southern game, and I know some of these stats are hampered by Saturday, but the last three weeks against Michigan, 14 carries, 14 yards with a long of nine. Michigan State, 15 carries for 33 with a long of eight. And then in Maryland, he had the one 15-yard carry. So um, I think, you know, maybe part of that is due to being banged up. I think part of that is due to the level of play and teams figuring out his game a little bit because it's, he's not he's not truly a dual-threat quarterback because his deep ball isn't really there yet. So um, while some fans may be upset, if Ramsey's mobility, which has already been neutralized the last few weeks, uh, is really as hampered um, as badly as you know, one might think, um, then I agree with you, Richard Lego. We give Indiana the uh, the best chance to win. Yeah, and, and it's it's weird to think that a dual threat quarterback, even though he can't throw the the deep ball, can really make this offense one dimensional. You know, with all these underneath throws and the lack of a run game, the uh, you know opposing defenses we've seen them stack the box, and it really becomes one dimensional. Even though I use throwing the ball forty times a game, so. Uh, other injuries that IU's going to have to figure out and deal with, of course, is Jay Sean Harris. You know, he started last week at wide receiver. Uh, you know, we saw Wob Fillier. You, you figure he's going to start uh, this week as well, uh, or at least play the role that Jay Sean Harris and Luke Timian have been playing after a phenomenal game uh, against Maryland. Uh, yeah, Ian Thomas is dealing with nagging injuries. He looks like he can't raise his arms above his above his shoulders. Uh, the offensive line is banged up. You know, Coy Cronk played. He didn't look as mobile as he did in the past. Uh, and, and then, of course, you know, D, Marcelino is finally out of a cast. But, you know, he's eligible for a redshirt year. And so do you lose a year to, to play the last four games of the year? That's that's just something the coaching staff has to, has to look at, too. But, you know, Tony Fields has played well at, at his spot at, at Husky, but having depth like Marcelino Ball and maybe pushing Tony Fields back to, to safety and having Chase Dutra come off the bench just gives that defense a little bit more depth uh, for later in the game. Uh, David, Wisconsin's coming in ranked number four in the AP poll. I believe they're ninth, eighth or ninth in the college football poll. So they have everything to play for in front of them. Uh, they do have some injuries. Jonathan Taylor went down last week. He's questionable. Of course, Paul Chris gives the whatever – every coach uh, gives during the week is the, you know, we'll see on Thursday where the guys are at. Um, their starting fullback is not traveling. He, he gave that update a couple days ago on uh, Wisconsin's page, but uh, Quintus Cephas, their, um, their leading receiver is also banged up. So Wisconsin's got some injuries to deal with too. And if those guys are out, uh, this game becomes a little bit more doable for IU. It does. I mean, it, it comes with the territory, I guess. I, mean, well, I think the reason for you go back to Indiana that they wanted to win one of Maryland and Michigan State so bad is that the idea of winning three in a row down the stretch, knowing there'd probably be some injuries, um, was difficult. And but it's it, it's it's gone way past that point. But they don't get to make excuses because Wisconsin is arguably right now having just as much trouble keeping guys healthy. But 
I think the scary thing is not only is Wisconsin uh, have a lot to play for, they're playing for style points because the knock on Wisconsin is their strength of schedule this season. They're in the West, and their toughest crossover game will be Michigan uh, in a couple of weeks. They don't. They didn't play anybody in the non-conference. It was Utah State, BYU, and Florida Atlantic. Right now, they're ninth in the playoffs. I think there's six teams ranked above them in the playoffs that have at least one loss. So they've got to go out, and they've probably got to put some style points on it if they want to move up in the rankings. And uh, while it was a few years ago, that has not been an issue. They've won nine in a row against Indiana all of them pretty dominant, 51-3 to three most recently in 2013. Uh, if you go back to that, that 2010 game, 83-20. to 20. Um, So I think Wisconsin is coming in, and they weren't particularly thrilled after they only beat Illinois by two touchdowns. I think they're going to come in on the road as well and, and really try and power IU at all costs. Uh, so Indiana cannot afford to get behind the eight ball in this ball game because if if it gets a little bit ugly, Wisconsin is going to do everything they can to make it into a massacre because, like you said, they got a lot of play for and they have a lot to prove uh, to the committee right now. They probably got to win every game by three or four touchdowns and then go out and win the Big Ten championship game against Ohio State or maybe Penn State if they want to be considered for the playoff right now. Yeah, that's a great point, David, and and I'll counter it. I think that they would want to score style points, but if they put this game uh, to bed early, I think they're fine with like a 35-10 win and resting some need them uh, down the stretch, especially in the, you know, let's face it, they're going to make the Big Ten championship. Um, They're going to need those guys against, you know, either Ohio State or Penn State or Michigan State, you know, whoever's going to win the East uh, there. So I, I could see if this game gets out of hand early, them just beating, you know, their running backs, either Jonathan Taylor has had a tremendous freshman season or Bradrick Shaw, who's the backup, uh, who hasn't played that much, just to get guys healthy for that stretch run. Because you're right, they do need all the style points that they could get. But if guys get banged up and you beat Indiana 62-10 or 62-3, but losing the Big Ten championship game, it, it's meaningless. Uh, so, but it, it'll be interesting to see Wisconsin. They're, they're a typical Wisconsin team. They run the ball well. They have a quarterback mm-hmm. yeah. who's not great, but he can uh, manage the game. And, and you know, and and they've been squeaking by some teams that you know. This is why IU fans at the beginning of the year were, you know, kind of licking their chops at this game because it's a home game. Never, you know. They never look great. They look really good, and they could pound in. They they never look great. They they don't look like Ohio State or Penn State, but they're they're always there and consistent. Uh, they, they beat Northwestern by nine. They blew out uh, Nebraska. They beat Purdue by by uh, sixteen. They beat Maryland thirty eight thirteen. Then last week by fourteen at Illinois. So. There are a lot of holes in this Wisconsin team that IU could take advantage of if things fall right. It's a noon game. Uh, Wisconsin's had a handful of noon games this year, so that shouldn't bother them. But it, it, it's kind of probably going to be a smaller crowd. At least that's what it looks like from ticket sales on, online. So can this atmosphere lull them to sleep and, and have Indiana uh, sneak up on them? 
Yeah, we'll see. I think I don't think Wisconsin is in is in danger of that, especially because you know reading some stuff throughout the week, they were pretty disappointed to only beat Illinois by two touchdowns. I know one of the touchdowns was late and didn't matter, but uh, for, oh, the only touchdown for Illinois uh, for was late and didn't matter. But I mean, frankly, while it was never in doubt, that was a semi-competitive game in Illinois. Now that Rutgers has a couple Big Ten wins. It is in all likelihood the worst Big Ten um, team in the Big Ten. They're the only team other than Indiana without a Big Ten win. And, of course, Indiana's schedule has been just a, just a little bit harder. Um, so I think, you know, that's, that's a possibility. But, like I said, I think they have so much to play for. Um, and, you know, they're at the point where it's one of the harsh realities of college football. They're in a situation where winning – uh, simply having more points than the other team at the end at the end of four quarters is not enough. Yeah, sitting at nine, that's a tough place to be, especially behind Ohio State, Penn State, all these teams with one loss. Uh, they have a lot of work to do, and, and they should do that. David, let's go up. What's a matchup you want to watch uh, this week? You know, it's tough to say with all the injuries, but no matter who is in there running back for Wisconsin – I got to say, it's, you know, it, it might be cheesy, but uh, the run game against Wisconsin, uh, Indiana's defensive line, more importantly, uh, Wisconsin's offensive line versus Indiana's defensive line, uh, they got really torn up by two really good running backs against Maryland last week. And even if it's not Jonathan Taylor back there, who has been tremendous, by the way, a freshman who's won Big Ten freshman of the week four times, he's Big Ten in rushing and rushing touchdowns, they had a couple guys last week with Taylor out for the pass that were really good, namely uh, Garrick uh, Groshek and Bradrick Shaw were both really good. So I think if Indiana can slow them down, that Alex Hornerbrook is good, not great. Uh, he completes a little over 64%. He doesn't really have um, that many great receivers, especially if Quintez Cephas ends up being out this Saturday when he's still listed as questionable. So much like Indiana for a lot of times on offenses this season, if they can find a way to slow down that run game for Wisconsin, it really makes them, I think, one-dimensional, particularly if Cephas is out. But that Indiana defensive line has been up and down. Uh, I mean, to give you an idea, along the line, Nate Hoff leads the team in sacks. He has one. So, or there's a front four in sacks. So, um, they've, they've got to do a better job of wrapping up. They've got to do a better job of, of a couple of things. But I think especially if Taylor's not there, if they can find a way to just contain the running game, I think Wisconsin becomes uh, almost non-dimensional. I don't think this passing offense is great. And, um, you know, especially if they don't have the run game to uh, to keep defenses honest. Yeah, and they also have Troy Fumagalli at tight end. Uh, there, he, he's a threat in the passing game. But yeah, if Quentin Cephas can't go, they really don't have they don't have that much. Um, and well, after, outside of the run game, their, their next is AJ Taylor. The next receiver is AJ Taylor, who has only just 11 catches on the year. And then Fumagalli does have 27. But just from a receiver standpoint, no, they don't have a lot after Cephas. Yeah, Danny Davis is another guy who's banged up. Uh, he's the, the third leading receiver, freshman, seven catches on the year. 
you know, it, 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 if you could take away the run game, yeah, you're, you're right. It makes them one dimensional. And that's, that's one of the keys, one of the keys to win is, is make Alex Hornenbrook, um, make Alex Hornenbrook beat you just like you wanted to make John O'Corn beat you just like you wanted to make Max Bortenschlocker beat you and Brian Lewerke beat you. You know, the big 10 isn't a big quarterback uh, driven league this year, but the running backs are pretty good, pretty darn good. And it's the same, the same blueprint going in every week for the last four weeks now, take away the run game and make them pass. And, and hopefully you can force a few, uh, a few turnovers and, and get the ball back and score a few points. So, uh, what is uh, what's uh, your first key to victory? Well, I, I think my my first key to victory is that whoever the running the quarterback is needs to get a little bit of support, and I don't know if he's going to get it, but you know we say it every week, and you know really needs to establish something of a run game uh, just to keep defenses honest a little bit. Uh, you know, if Ramsey's in there, I don't know that his mobility will be great. And if it is, I think it will could be neutralized again. Um, you know, a lot of people were saying, well, you know, Mike Majette and Morgan Ellison weren't in last week. You know, I've got news for you. They, they, they haven't been that effective. I mean, Ellison has been a little bit better and I think has a bright future, but hasn't had a big game. been a lot game better than Mike Majette. Really, right, and Mike, Mike Majette has really uh, struggled. He's averaged season. one. I thought, Guest yeah. was, I, I thought Cole Guest was okay. Um, so uh, like I said, I don't know how they're going to do it and we're a broken record with this, but they need something that, that, that resembles a run game because against this really stingy Wisconsin defense, it's, and especially the way Wisconsin picks off passes, they lead the big 10 interceptions and they are tied for first in the nation for taking four interceptions back for touchdowns. So I can promise you, if you're going to make Richard Lego or Peyton Ramsey throw it more than like 35, 40 times. There's going to be some. Uh, there's going to be turnovers, and this, so they, they've got to be able to keep it on the ground a little bit, uh, and they can't consistently get in third and longs like they like they they have been over the last you know really since they've entered Big Ten play, but most of the season. Yeah, it, it, and you're right. Cole Guest had a, had a nice game last week before getting knocked out. I don't. We don't know his status for this week. IU was down to. To one scholarship running back last week, and it was Tyler Nati who did not see the field. Um, you had Ricky Brookins, Alex Rodriguez, uh, Devontae Williams was in there as well uh, for a little bit, but not much. Uh, Cole Guest got knocked out. You know, it, it's, I mean, it, it's a, a total mash unit the game, and, and I, I don't know if Morgan Ellison's going to be back this week. It doesn't sound like it. Uh, so we'll see. I, I we'll see if they they could get Tyler Nati some carries and just you know win those first downs. You could you could get five or six yards on first down through passing and then maybe run it on second or third down and, and get it into third and manageable and pick up those third and shorts uh, to to get those first downs. And you don't need to rush for for two hundred and fifty yards. If you could rush effectively and get a hundred yards or one hundred and twenty yards here and there. You could really uh, do some damage and, and keep them in check. It's all about keeping the the defense uh, honest, and, and that'll free up your receivers. You don't want to, you know, have them drop eight guys and have no run game uh, where their front four can make plays, and you don't want to have a lack of a passing game where they could put nine in the box 
and just stuff everybody. So, you know, balance is key. Uh, balance is my key for IU as well. You know, run the ball decently well and, and you know, let your receivers make plays. You, you got three really good ones. Uh, and then Tacier Mack has been playing well as well. Now, let your receivers go up and make plays. Uh, Simi Cobbs is, is now on the Blitnikoff watch list. You know, take the game plan you had at Ohio State, chuck it up there. They've had trouble, you know, you know, on passes. Yeah, they lead the, the league in but that's because people can't run on them and they're throwing a lot. Yeah, and I think, you know, what you said about the receivers, you know, helps out them out a little bit in the sense that at least it's not no running game plus their only big receiver. And their, their only big name receiver, yes, is Simi Cobbs. But Luke Timmons had a very good season. Cobbs has had a very good season. And over the last few weeks, we've seen guys like Tazier Mack step up. And last week, it was Walt Fillier, who I know he had the big drop late, but has 13 catches and a score on the day. Uh, I think the, the, the statistic that um, IU football released was it was the first game in program history to have three guys um, with double-digit receptions and Cobbs, Timmy, and Fillier. So I know it was against a bad Maryland defense, but uh, I think it helps a little bit that even if they struggle to run the ball, at least they just can't key in on one receiver. Yeah, and, and Timmy Cobbs has caught 54 balls. Luke Timmy in at 49. Now, Wap Fillier, who really hasn't played all that much, only has played in, in seven uh, seven of the eight games, did not really play early that much early on. It's 21 catches. He's your third-leading receiver. Uh, and then Ian Thomas there. You hope he comes back healthy because, man, that's a weapon that just makes this offense that much better. Uh, only has 18 catches. So, these receivers got to step up, and I, I think giving Richard Lego the reins the offense back is, is the only way you're going to win three of the next four games. Yeah, it's a difficult situation for a lot of reasons for what the quarterback controversy early in the season and how the injuries here on the back end. Um, you know, it's got to be confusing uh, for the rest of that team, particularly that offense, but. Um, I guess they, you just got to good Joel and be this one and just sort of trust the process and, and, and hope that this somehow gets them to six games. I'm still very skeptical that they'll be able to do that. But, um, you know, we, we've echoed the sentiment throughout the week that, you know, while this game doesn't look particularly winnable and then they've got to win three in a row, you can only take it one game and really, you know, one quarter, one play at a time and, uh, and, and see what goes from there. Yeah, um, it is a one quarter at a time. One, you know, as a Yankee fan, I watched them play on elimination games for most of the postseason. It's you take it one inning, or just win an inning. Then you could worry about winning the next inning. You know, win win the first quarter, then go win the second quarter, win the third quarter. You start winning enough quarters, you're going to win games. Uh, you know, win the fourth quarter. Uh, so you start adding those things up, they turn into wins. You can't look too far down the road and say, you know, we've got to beat Purdue. We've got to beat Rutgers at home. You know, first you've got to try and beat Wisconsin. Then you've got to try and beat Rutgers, or Illinois. Then when you take care of those two things, you've got to try and beat Rutgers. And then when you take care of that, you've got to beat Purdue. So it, it, it could be overwhelming trying to think like that. Uh, and, you know, let's 
just go out and win the first quarter against Wisconsin and then worry about the second quarter. And then you can worry about everything else. So that to me is just take it one quarter at a time. You know, you have a third of the season left. Best of it. Without a doubt, uh, I, mean, I think you've got, I think you've got the right, you think you've got the right mindset. One game, one quarter, one play at a time, and uh, and hopefully it all, you know, it you know it figures itself out, and you know maybe over the last few weeks they can get a little bit healthier. God knows that would help. Yeah, if they could get healthy down down the stretch, that that would definitely help. I don't. I don't know if that's going to happen, but uh, let's get to prediction time, David. Then we'll get everybody out of here. Enjoy the rest of action and, and some NFL games tonight. Uh, man, I, 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 I really want to think of a scenario where I you can win this, really just compete in this game. And normally that's not an issue. You know, and those of us who follow the team know how close they always get and how competitive they are, we even, you know, with the big boys of the Big Ten. Having said that, you know, given all the injuries, and I know Wisconsin's very banged up, and what's on at stake for Wisconsin, Indiana is on the outside looking in, you know, to go six games and go to you know the Quick Lane Bowl or something like that. Whereas Wisconsin is on the outside looking in of the college football playoff. Um, I think Wisconsin will be all over Indiana early, and I think if they smell what blood in the water, they're going to strike pretty quick. Um, if you need me to put a score on it, I do think, and I hope I'm wrong, because I'm on the call this weekend as well. Um, if you need me to put a score on it, I'll go 41 10. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm thinking along the same lines as you. Uh, it really depends on the health of both teams. If Wisconsin's, if all of Wisconsin guys who are banged up don't play, Indiana has a real shot. If not, if some of these guys, if Jonathan Taylor plays, if Quentin Cephas plays, if Dakota Dixon plays on defense, it's going to be tough sledding for IU, especially dealing with the injuries that they have uh, without Morgan Ellison, potentially without uh, Peyton Ramsey back there, uh, without maybe Cole Guest, you know, just how thin that is. I'm going to go Wisconsin 35, Indiana 17. I do think Indiana can score some points. Uh, with Richard Lego uh, just throwing it up to, to Simi Cobbs. But I think just this is your typical Wisconsin team that's going to grind you down to a pace, and they're going to put this one away uh, maybe mid-third quarter, early fourth quarter. They'll just grind it down, and, and they'll be happy to get at it, IU with uh, with a win uh, and, and get everybody back for, for their big stretch run as well. Without a doubt, I think, like you said, if it turns out some of these questionables turn into doubtfuls and, and not playing, particularly for Wisconsin, Johnson, Taylor, um, as well as C, you know, as well as Cephas, then I think the script could go a little bit differently. But uh, I think Indiana will have a difficult time on Saturday. And uh, there, there are a lot of what-ifs in this game, though, a lot of, most of them injury-related with Taylor and Cephas. And is it going to be Richard Lego or Peyton Ramsey? Um, and whoever it is, if they struggle, you know, who's ready to play? If, if, it's, if it's Richard Lego and he struggles, you know, could they really go to Nick Tronti? Um, you know, I, I don't know if we'll get to that point, but there are a lot of what-ifs in this game um, that, could, that, that could flip the script. Yeah, definitely, and, and that's what college football is all about. It's every week 
that's is why that transitive property is, is so difficult to, to handle in college football. Every week is different. You know, there's different injuries. These are 18 to 21 year old kids and they just react different every single day. Uh, you, you know, they could wake up at this uh, on the wrong side of the bed. Something, you know, could be distracting them. It, it's you're dealing with, with kids and anytime you're dealing with kids, uh, you know, it's kind of unpredictable. Um, but you know, we'll see. I, I, I hope we're wrong. I really do. I don't think a loss kills the season. Sure. It makes every, it makes the, the Illinois game a real must win game to get the bowl eligibility. Uh, but this is going in. It's another, you know, if you go by the AP poll, it's another top five team that Indiana has to play. They played three of them this year. The schedule is just absolutely brutal, uh, in the big 10. And before you get to that back end of it. So, you know, we'll see. Anyway, David, enjoy. Good luck on the call this weekend. If you're if you you're not listening to Don Fisher, tune into WIUX uh, for a little bit uh, for for David Sugarman's call. Uh, David, give us a little bit uh, of information how we could find your call uh, if we're not listening in Bloomington. Yeah, please. If uh, Obviously, I don't know why you'd listen to me and not Don, but if you're not in the Bloomington area, uh, you can catch the call online, org slash stream. And uh, if you're in the Bloomington area and want to listen, it is 99.1 FM. So it's 99.1 FM or online at org slash stream. So uh, we'd love to have you guys tune into the call, and uh, it's always a lot of fun. Yeah, definitely. It is always, uh, you know, it's always fun to be at these games. I, I'm sure it's awesome to call these games on the radio. Anyway, good luck, David. Thanks for joining us. Uh, that will do it for tonight's uh, Who's Your Huddle podcast. We'll, game kicks off at noon on ABC on Saturday from Memorial Stadium. We'll be live there with the pregame show on YouTube, so make sure you subscribe to our YouTube. Uh, it's Who's Your Huddle on YouTube. Just search it, click subscribe, uh, and We'll have it up prior to the game. We'll have a post-game show as well. Anyway, thanks, everybody, for joining us. Check us out on Twitter as well, at Hoosier underscore Huddle. And keep coming back to HoosierHuddle.com for all your Indiana football news and notes. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. 
To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. The NBA Finals are heating up. Looking for hot takes on all the postseason action? The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, is the podcast to listen to for the ultimate finals coverage. Host and former NBA sharpshooter J.J. Redick not only has a plugged-in perspective on the action from his time in the league, but he's also announcing the games in real time for ESPN. J.J. has the ultimate insider point of view, and he's taking you along for the ride as he breaks down the best defensive schemes, dunks, and drives from each game. And speaking of incredible drives, there's no better place to tune into your new favorite podcast, The Old Man and the Three, than in a standard-setting BMW. Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center. Thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. 